All right, we welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. Today with your hosts, Bernhard Gunther and Laura Matsu. And uh, the topic today is a big one. We're diving into the warrior archetype, divine grace, and the Plutonian process in light of what is happening in the world and um, regarding COVID, the coronavirus, and everything else, uh, tying it into the bigger process, also in the evolution of consciousness. But before we go into uh, various topics relating to it all. We just wanted to share with you guys or update you how we have been doing. Um, you know, it's been pretty intense on multiple levels because we definitely feel the energy that's happening on the collective. And we mentioned it in, in past podcasts before. Everybody's just focused on the pandemic or pandemic and, you know, the official version, the mainstream media, the conspiracies around it. So there's all this focus and still this lingering death anxiety in the world and uh, uncertainty. And, you know, we get into that as well, more and more dracon draconian Orwellian measures and laws and regulations coming down, even more so than before, it seems. So on a personal level, Laura and I also just finished our four-week course, Shadow Work Trauma and Occult Forces, which went really well, but it was definitely you know, a lot of work for all involved, and it's, it's a lifetime process, uh, but it's exactly that kind of work we need to do during these times. And personally speaking, you know, what I noticed, I definitely need more sleep lately, you know, and, and more self-care, more also even social media, internet detox, staying away from the information overload. And it can be tricky, and we want to touch upon this as well, the fine line between uh, staying aware, separating truth from lies, and there's so much happening, developing new information coming out, and it's hard to keep up, and it's even uh, almost basically impossible to know exactly what is going on, you know, even on discernment mental level, uh, to separate truth from lies, because there's so much happening on a multidimensional level. So it's important also to disengage, so staying informed, you don't want to like uh, turn, take the new age pill and just um, disregard what's going on because it's happening, it's affecting all of us if you're aware of it or not. But at the same time, don't get too much sucked into that information overload and you know, even the doom gloom scenario and whatnot. So it's a fine line be between being aware and also making practical action and standing up in this day and age, which we'll get into regarding the warrior archetype, which we need to embody in this day and age, but also not becoming, how can I say, too reactive and falling into panic, fear, paranoia, or or all of that. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of what's been happening for us. Do you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, I definitely noticed for myself um, just getting really exhausted a lot. Um, although I've recently kind of been able to uh, fix that in a way by taking like natural medicines for serotonin and dopamine because the stress was really... I mean, we're under a lot of stress just because of circumstances, which just changed, but... Like, um, it's not just collectively, it's individually. I also have like on my own astrology chart, this Pluto, uh, 
transit was squaring my son and Saturn is now squaring my son. So I have like my own individual journey going on and, and process. So it's definitely been, uh, it's been challenging, but it's also, I mean, I, I feel like because we have each other, it makes it so much easier, obviously. And also like I have so many tools, you know, for being able to help take care of myself that at this point, you know, which we're going to get into, like, I am just, I feel personally, like I'm pretty anti-fragile, I guess you could say, like mm-hmm. any challenge. I help, I also have a lot of Pluto transits nat- or Pluto aspects natally. So when shit like this happens, it's like almost like go time for me. And I'm like in my comfort zone. So in a way, I'm also not... Uh, the, my, my main thing was to just stay connected to my spiritual practice and stay connected to my body because I know that that helps mitigate the impact of trauma. So we need to really just make sure during these times that we take time to feel our feelings because what we're doing is we're taking care of our future self. So if we, you know, as much as some coping mechanisms might work temporarily every now and then, what we're doing is we're kind of like waiting until late, like we're kind of just giving, buying ourselves a bit more time. But what's really happening is all of the stress that we're experiencing right now, if we're not in body, that's still getting stored in our body. So we can either start processing it now in the moment when it's coming up, or we can wait months from now when it gets to be too much and, you know, the anxiety and the depression will go through the roof. But, um, but yeah, there's ways that you can also help yourself. I think it's just really important to like look at uh, aspects of holistic health and in, in our daily life and look at like, for me, like I, if, if I'm in a good place, I can totally read the news for like an hour a day, you know, and just, just to keep updated. Cause it's also fascinating to me. I'm like, holy shit. Like all this stuff is going down. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's like a spy mystery and like so much crazy stuff is happening. And I mean, we're in a particular position cause we're in California and California is Democrat run, which have interestingly turned into like the, like Democrats are always calling people like Nazis and stuff, you know, as an insult, but they're the real like authoritarian, tyrannical uh, governors, the people in the Democrat states. So we're in a particular position here. Um, But I also like to focus on the positive things. Like we went to the beach yesterday and no one was wearing masks. There was groups of people together, you know, so there is such a, there is such a thing as also focusing on things that aren't actually happening in your reality. You know what I mean? Like, like, so if we're like, oh, like everyone's living in fear and policing each other. Yeah, that's totally happening, you know, but for the most part, like you and I haven't like encountered any issues with people just freaking out at us for breaking social distancing rules or whatever. So except on Facebook, maybe. Yeah. On Facebook. That's one thing as well is like for me personally, like I, I'm so focused on like the work that I meant here to do and my boundaries have just become a little bit sharper than before. And now, especially now I posted something on my Facebook as well about how to disagree with people, because if people decide that they have a different opinion than me, that's totally fine. But if they decide to passive aggressively 
comment or attack me or pull straw man arguments or whatever, then I'm sorry. I just don't have time to deal with that. It's just, I just don't. It's just, you know, my own boundary around that. So my, it's, it's helped me strengthen my boundaries even more. So, um, and at this point, it's like warrior mode. It's like, you know, if you have people in, so we're kind of trying to create like a bit of a, a team here, you know, in a sense, like you want people around you who are your allies and who are going to support you. And if you have people who are always trying to stab you in the back and take you down and attack you at any, do you really want those people around you? Like, And, you know, exactly. And, and then, you know, we haven't, you know, there's, it, I have experienced some of the, what you mentioned though, when I went out, You're not necessarily people yelling at me, but dirty looks, mm. you know, that kind of obvious looks when you don't wear a mask or anything like that. And yeah, I just want to address some of the points you made. It's really, it's interesting, intense times, like crazy times, dangerous times, but also fascinating. And personally speaking, part of me has a blast <laughs> because all everything I've been talking about, speaking out about or writing about for the past 20 years is becoming more and more obvious. It's yeah. literally the age of a as Aquarian, the age of Aquarius with all the conspiracies. Right yeah, just a side note. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a side note, an astrologer I follow sometimes, Mystic Medusa, she was like predicting, she's like, Aquarius is about to be the cool kid on the block. <laughs> and I had no idea what that really meant, you know? So, but, you know, like you mentioned, it's interesting because in California, actually in LA, LA County, right outside LA, in Topanga Canyon, as maybe some uh, listeners, uh, followers know, that's where we live. And it's fascinating here because there's a schism. There's definitely like a splitting, like a, like a division, which you can say, but it's, and it's really fascinating what you mentioned as well, because all of a sudden, the, you know, and I've never been partisan, neither left nor right, you know, neither have you been and people know who follow my work. You know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care much about it i was Did maybe you, like more like liberal but liberal i never really past. voted yeah <laughs> I, I was also in the past maybe more like it I made sense that the liberal democrats were more be the good guys and the bad guys always the republicans i wasn't right? actually liberal i'm more lean towards we have alter we don't have just le- we don't have just republican and democrat in canada we have oh, all yeah, these right. like other parties too yeah. we have like a, a marijuana Greens, party right. yeah and like all sorts of things yeah but it's just fascinating to note, if you're objective, how literally the democratic states turn more and more fascist. Yeah. But when you look at the regulations, what's coming down, the draconian laws, and especially in LA, the, the lockdown got extended to the end of, of uh, June. Uh, last week, the mayor came out that all those Angeles citizens have to wear masks outside, even if you're outside, anywhere. Well, that's right? what he's saying, but people actually literally aren't doing yeah. it. So some of it is interesting because when we go outside, there's some people wear masks, some people couldn't couldn't give a yeah shit basically, right? So that's uh, that's good to see. However, I've seen people, you know, reports from others, and that's that's really the dangerous part. How people who are completely in fear don't question the mainstream narrative and the official story of this whole COVID pandemic and whatnot, starting to snitch on others. Right to call literally the police or the authority and others who don't social distance, who don't self-isolate, who have too many people over their house or don't wear masks. So it is kind of like almost this Gestapo type uh, SS Nazi thing that is happening as people start to police each other. Like mm-hmm. the, 
classic Agent Smith syndrome. Right? And we've seen this go wrong like so many times in history as well. Like yeah. there's so many times that like when the neighbors, this is, I mean, it is their karmic, their, their karmic debt to pay, you know, when 20 years from now we find out the truth of all of this in the history, hopefully, you know, because it, it definitely, which I wrote about it, it definitely reminds me um, of what happened to my grandparents who were put into internment camps and everyone in their community went along with it. And that's yeah. the issue. Yeah. And it's the same narrative like in Nazi Germany. They also said these laws came down in Germany would say für ihre, für ihre Sicherheit, which means for your safety. Mm. You know, and you have this, this really mind control Orwellian double speak slogans yeah. for your safety, safe lives, stay at home, exactly. the new normal. That's, that's a disturbing that's one. Full on pathology becoming normalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But what's interesting to note now, like let's look at some current events and it keeps changing all the time. But, you know, the basically the, you know, even go by the official numbers, <laughs> the death rate is so low, you know, that the survival rate is 99%. It's like, mm -hmm. even if you look at the official numbers, it's not more than a bad flu in a sense. The official numbers, which they are which, changing which the I death rates changing. now exactly. and they're decreasing the death rates now because yeah. they over, like this is like in New Jersey and Colorado, Colorado they just recently uh, lowered the death rates because they basically separated what they called COVID related deaths and actual COVID deaths. So exactly. it's, I, and then I feel that's actually because of significant pushback as well. So what's happening, but at the same time, there are more and more draconian laws, laws and regulations happening, although it seems the, the worst is already over. So what is really going on? And it's clear, it's becoming clear, if you can really stay objective, that it's never been about your health and there's a political agenda behind it. Yeah, And it really ties, interestingly, which we want to go into deeper, especially in the second hour, it ties also into the upcoming election. And there's something about, yes, Democrats versus Republicans, the red versus the blue, almost like the red pill and the blue pill. <laughs> yeah, it's it, true. It, it really ties into <laughs> that. You know, it's fascinating. Again, not to become bipartisan or whatnot, but you cannot ignore the fact that the Democrats are really uh, engaged, even California here, trying to turn it into this Chinese technocratic surveillance state mm -hmm. with this draconian bill HR 6666. It's, it's not a, uh, you can look it up. That's that's exactly the, the number. And that it's called, let me look it up exactly, uh, COVID-19 Testing, Reaching, and Contacting Everyone Trace Act, HR 6666. And it was introduced by Democrats. And that's all ties into like people have needing to, you know, want, they want to have to have apps. You know, if you uh, um, get tested and positive, then you're being traced and tracked. You have to self-isolate. And they're offering jobs now of contact tracers, literally mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, the SSU, so to speak, to observe others, to watch others, to, uh, you know, to make sure that anybody who has tested quote unquote positive, which by the way, we, we mentioned that before you can read it on my articles, the tests are next to useless. They're false positives. They are not reliable whatsoever. Um, to really like put on this, this more overt control, the surveillance, which we've seen in China already happening. We watched some of the videos of what's happening in China. We always thought even just a month, two months ago, this will never happen here. And it's starting to happen here. Yeah. Right. We just saw, you just showed me that, showed me the update. I want to just on look the, that up. On uh, Apple, on iPhones, on they have iPhone, a new update. Yeah. Right. I just, I have not updated. I hope I get forced to update it. 
So the update basically um, is going to allow number one. This is what it says: basically allow facial recognition. Well, I can just read, read it. it. Yeah. It's so um, iOS thirteen point five speeds up access to the passcode field on devices with Face ID when you are wearing a face mask. So now Face ID works when you're wearing a face mask. That's the number one thing. But this is a this is the main thing: is introduces the exposure. A notification API to so support COVID-19 contact tracing apps from public health authorities. So um, basically they need this kind of code to make these contact tracing apps. And then you have to, I, 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 what I think, I don't know, I could be wrong is that you actually have to download the contact tracing app. But I did hear as well, I don't want to download it to find out, but I did hear as well that in the health app, on um on on Apple phones, which you can't delete by the way, they're gonna have the COVID tracing app and they're gonna have like COVID symptom. Like it's gonna be a COVID related app integrated into the health app, which you can't you literally can't delete the health app from your phone. Yeah. So <clears throat> And that was just today, I think, or yesterday. Exactly. So again, it's also fascinating that clearly the, you know, even looking objectively, the leftist media, you know, mainstream media, New York Times and all of those, CNN. Uh, including all the billionaire silicon social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube and whatnot. Instagram. Instagram, all of that, you know, all in support of this draconian Orwellian world, um, supporting the World Health Organization, Bill Gates, CDC, even YouTube, the CEO coming out literally that anything that goes against the WHO guidelines and CDC guidelines regarding COVID on YouTube, any videos... Uh, contradict, not contradicting that or just um, going online with these regulations will be deleted and it's been happening. The censorship has been crazy, mm -hmm. right? And then mm -hmm. we heard about, I'm sure everybody heard about that film Plandemic with this uh, Dr. Judy Mirovic. I forgot her name. Make sure, I, I don't, I you don't know, know. But that's been like, interestingly, like even the mainstream media come out why you, you must not watch this video, you know, on how you call even... Uh, telling the readers on mainstream news what you would tell others who watch this to to put them down or to make them not watch it, to dismiss it. Well, no, like they gave them specific scripts um, on what to say if someone tries to get you to watch Plandemic yeah. and then what to say. They literally give you exactly what to say yeah. so that you don't have to think for yourself. And the debunking of that, of that doctor by people who have never read her book, her work. Yeah. Right, that's uh, it. Fascinating, actually. On the positive note, I checked out on Amazon.com her book. I forgot the title of again of of Dr. Judy. Uh, Doesn't yeah. Uh, is on number one in, in the Amazon bestseller list right now, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. raving reviews and all of that. But again, what comes down, it doesn't even matter whatever she's what is true or not true in this in this film. It's about censorship. It's like anybody freedom of speech should be able to say and and publish whatever they want to do and say, even if it's not quote unquote truth, it doesn't matter. It's freedom of speech mm -hmm. and that's being censored and there's an agenda behind it. Right. So there's that, that's that aspect and ties into even micro going to you know, people are afraid of, you know, mandatory vaccinations, microchipping people, the whole Gail, Bill Gates uh, agenda and whatnot. So people are becoming more aware. There's something happening to the fact that, all these media outlets have to resort to such an intense of censorship and speaking out. It means, you know, yeah, that they're that we're doing something right here. That as you know, that it's a threat to their agenda. That they have to go that way. So there's an active resistance on the positive part. Yeah, but we see the split because many people in the mainstream still go alone 
go along with the official story, don't question anything. And even doctors are being censored now who don't yeah. go along with yeah. the same line, party line. And then fascinating, I remember you posted that, I haven't seen it, but on CNN, apparently there were panel discussion with Greta Thunberg out of all people about the COVID <laughs> yeah. brought her on the table with some other experts, but not doctors and other valid CDC, you know, CDC officials who yeah. were yeah. health organization uh, officials were on this quote unquote expert <laughs> panel discussion She's about like, COVID, <laughs> right? But legit doctors who had concerns about the official story, the numbers and the testing and all of that were uh, censored. Yeah. Let alone being invited to a panel discussion like that, right? So Yeah, and then there's uh I mean, what was the legal action that that's being taken against President Trump said recently he's actually going to do he's going to do something about the left controlling all social media oh, yeah. recently as well. There's actually like a lawsuit like in I read it actually on Business Insider somewhere there's a There's a lawsuit, a lawsuit pending yeah. against Google. He's in, you know, started yeah. So, you know, at Google and another thing, the research engine is next to useless at this point. It filters oh, and yeah. censors everything. Here it is. Sorry. The Justice Department is drafting a Google antitrust lawsuit. Mm-hmm. So. So that's interesting. So there is something. So there's, you know, people always say we need to watch out, not going to divide and conquer and, you know, and, and, um, let us not divide, but there's a division happening. And we also need to f uh, watch out, not fall into the false trap of neutrality, like a spiritual bypass. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Because also, like, people don't understand that you can actually be in a state of, like, non-dual awareness and unattachment and also make choices. Like, you can literally be in a start. <laughs> I know this is going to, like, sound like a paradox to people, but you could literally be in a state of non-dual awareness and you could go and vote for Donald Trump. Like, it has nothing to do with it's your, your choices. It's just your attachment to it. Yeah, it's just your attachment. And it has to do with your own emotional body. And a lot of people, like, like I mean, it's so seductive to take a spiritual bypass when things get hard. You know, there's two, way, there's two ways of looking at it. You could be like, and this is the two ways I see people looking at it, is like, wow, all of the work that I've done, the inner work, the spiritual work, has been building up to this. And now is the time to use all of the skills I had to speak up and to resist these forces, right? So that's one way. Or I'd be like, no, it's all good. Like they just check out of reality, which is yeah. also a trauma response. You which know? we're happening seeing collectively. I think we mentioned in the previous podcast, it's a collective trauma installment program. And most people are suffering. They don't know they are suffering. Yeah. Because the first response to a trauma is checking out, disassociating, coping exactly. mechanisms, all of that. This exactly. what's happening now, especially children, I want to touch upon that a bit later, will, that will affect them for years and decades to come and like will affect everyone. Oh, not even just the children, but it could like alter the gene, the, the gene, like it's, it's uh, epigenetics, like the trauma gets passed down for multiple yeah. generations. It's like war trauma at this point. Yeah, yeah. it's totally like that. Yeah. Exactly. So with all this, you know, we don't want to maybe just touch upon briefly what's happening right now. Most of you guys are aware, obviously, so not to get too much into specifics. But let's talk about the necessity of, of embodying the warrior archetype in this day and age, which we just alluded to with this is not the time to stay neutral or passive or a spiritual bypass into everything is one and just send love and light or even fall into the trap of blind compassion. Mm -hmm. right? We need to stand up the warrior archetype, the anti-fragile attitude to stand up, to follow conscience, to be mm -hmm. on the right side of history, mm -hmm. right? Because like you mentioned, we can, 
And I talk about this non-dual awareness, even talk about the trap of identification, we'll have to write. And this is, like you mentioned before, that doesn't mean non-action. It doesn't mean to sit back and just watch you know, what's going on. We need to have conscious action, like a spiritual type of activism, not yeah. reactive uh, mechanically, you know, um, based on your own whatever projections and triggers, but based on conscience in alignment with the divine, so to speak. And I just wrote an article and based on embodiment, uh, embodying the archetype, uh, the warrior archetype in service and, of the divine. And based on like love and courage and faith, like there's a yeah. way that you can uh, resist these, these draconian laws with love and faith and courage and there's a way that you can do it I'd be like fuck you guys you know what I mean without the you know that ties into anger and not hate infused anger yeah but more right using the the power of righteous anger yeah which has its place yeah right as long as you don't get stuck there that's the key thing is because I think that it's also when you bring in this idea of righteous anger, people just want to be like, okay, I feel justified in my anger. I feel justified to hate them. You know, so it's a fine line, but anger itself is a transitionary emotion and anger. Uh, there's this quote I, I, I heard the other day from Tara Brock, who I don't agree with everything she says, but I agree with some things. Um, anger is part of the energy that moves us to freedom. So it's an energy that moves us to freedom. But she also made a point that anger is initiatory, but it's not transformative in itself. Meaning if you stay in your anger, that's actually going to keep you stagnant. That's going to keep you, um, it's going to make you less happy. It's going to make you feel less connected. You're going to decrease your own power. So it's meant to mobilize you. But if you get stuck there, then you get stuck in like your own poison, basically. Mm -hmm. So it's right, an impulse force to guide you towards action. Yeah, exactly. We need to move past it. Otherwise it turns into a prison. Right. Which also ties into, like you mentioned, like with love and faith, but love also not mistaken as meek love. There can be quote unquote tough love, not to (laughs) justify abuse as tough love, but the misapplication of compassion, you know, because we see, for example, you know, and, uh, you know, I've been pretty vocal on Facebook and sometimes my righteous anger comes through and I get, you know, I can be fiery at times. And then people point out like, well, you know, especially if we talk about people who just go along with the official story and they say, they uh, support the whole draconian lockdown, the mandatory mask wearing, social distancing, <clears throat> and the, you know, and then they attack and shame others. It's important to understand that they acting out of fear, right? It's a, their own trauma response. They're deeply, you know, infected by the wetiko fear contagion, yeah, right, and also severe brainwashing, mind control of social cultural conditioning over decades. They don't know anything else, so they really don't know what they're doing, you know? So yeah. you have that, that's where compassion comes in because they just don't know any better. Yeah. However, you cannot reach every everyone with just this love, this niceness, compassion, yeah. right? So there needs to be, there's a place for what Ken Wilber called uh, fiery compassion, right? In the sense of like, you need to also, in the warrior archetype, make your boundaries clear, speak up, call a spade a spade. You cannot mm-hmm. reach, you, a lot of people from the cult perspective who, uh, you know, just for go along, go along with the mainstream media. Also, like easily from a cult perspective, become portals for these for these forces to work through. And you cannot fight the predator with niceness. You need to have strong boundaries. Speak your truth. Be authentic. Right, mm. coming from a place of conscience, and like you mentioned, even using anger in a sense to activate without letting it get poisoned by hate. Right, where you just 
strike other people down and just project your own unresolved stuff onto them. Um, so it's a, it's a fine balance. And know your boundaries. Like I see so many people, like, you know, they post something like sharing some alternative information outside the mainstream news, uh, news narrative. And someone will jump on and just like personally attack them for posting it. And people will engage with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's also important to like, look at like, if, if someone is personally attacking you for sharing information, they're not worth engaging with. They're not interested in hearing you out. You know? Exactly. So on a basic level, know your logical fallacies. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, we have to just accept this isn't that everyone has a different level of being, right? And no matter how much truth you download on a certain person, they may not have the sole capacity to wake up to it. Because if they did, so many things would have to, you could literally mm. cause like a, um, like a, you can almost cause like a Kundalini experience to someone by making them wake up to everything that's being exposed right now. You know what I mean? Like it would be too much, too fast, which is also not good for them. That's trauma. So, so exactly. So everyone has a d- different level of being, you know, and this is not to be used as a superiority thing, by the way, because it could easily be used as that. But just look at where people are at and like just also, you know, claiming sovereignty for me, whatever. I believe that we're all interdependent, but I know for myself, I get to make choices. Like, and this is also what we're going to touch on with these Plutonian aspects is like, we get to make choices right now. Right. And so these choices are evolutionary choices and they will literally affect generations to come. So the choices that we make right now are going to have an impact. Um, And so that's what we need to stand up for is like, let all the naysayers and all the people who want to hate on you, let them fall by the wayside, have your boundaries around it. But but if you stay aligned with actually the greater mission that's happening here, like then all these people or whatever, you'd be like, all right, just, you know, let them fall away. Let them eliminate themselves from my, my field, basically. Exactly. Because as you mentioned in the previous podcast, there's so many things happen on a multidimensional level that mind cannot possibly grasp. So you can look at it on the 3D level with the corruption, the conspiracies and uh, conspiracy facts at this point, not theories anymore. Uh, or from a spiritual evolutionary perspective and what's happening on a collective level uh, from the level of the divine and all of that. So, but what I wanted to hint at what you said or comment on what you just said with regards to trying to convince others we cannot, everybody needs to wake, quote unquote, wake up on their own terms. You cannot force information out of you. You cannot force people to wake up, especially now with what's happening now. It, sh- it becomes very clear, clear that you cannot reach people by logic and facts alone. Yeah. Because they are like... The again, cognitive dissonance. The cognitive dissonance is so strong, they, the frontal cortex doesn't even work anymore. They're in a reptilian brain, mm-hmm. right? It's unconscious. And like you rightly mentioned, if people would just admit to one little thing... It would and open up a can of worms because then they would have to question not only what you just shared with them, but everything else they believed in. And then putting the mirror on themselves about their own lives, their goals, their dreams, their family, yes. their own personal lives. And that's a huge can of worms. Exactly. Like even if you share, for instance, like... Um, a video from a not major mainstream news outlet and they're and they saw it and they're like, whoa, this actually seems like it could have some truth in it, but it goes against everything that they've already decided to believe in, you know, that could be like a crack. And that those cracks are what actually start to open things up. Exactly. 
So yeah, before moving on, I want to also just uh, mention the the quote by Ken Wilber about compassion. Real compassion kicks butt and takes names, and it is not pleasant on certain days. If you're not ready for this fire, then find a new age sweetness and light, soft-speaking, perpetually smiling teacher and learn to relabel your, your ego with spiritual-sounding terms. But stay away from those that practice real compassion because they will fry your ass, my friend. Ken Wilber. Then also Chagyam Tronga Rinpoche about compassion. He says... When we talk about compassion, we talk in terms of being kind. But compassion is not so much of being kind. It is being creative enough to wake a person up. So we need to yeah. watch out of compassion, not equating with just niceness. And what he's, what he's saying too as well, this creativity to wake a person up, it's, he's kind of alluding to this concept called skillful means. So say if you see someone in... Like it's not being so much, yeah, being direct is great for some people, you know, but sometimes you also have to be very strategic as mm -hmm. well when dealing with people. And even though you can see everything kind of going on with them, you know, that may not be telling them directly may not be the best way to reach them. You may not, may, you may need to tell them in a story. You may need to, you know, you have to kind of assess get the lay of the the land of their psyche and be like, okay, how can I approach this person? What would work? And that's kind of being skillful as well. And it's not just being like, you know, 9-11 was an inside job and I can't <laughs> believe you believe all this stuff, you know? And it's not easy at times. I'm not taking myself out of the equation. It ties also into the concept uh, of strategic enclosure, yeah. you know, the strategy and, and, and external consideration. Who is that person? What are their belief systems? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and are they interested in truth? Are they interested in seeing outside of that already established belief system? Or do they just want, like, there's people who also will, like, bait you as well and try and get you into a conversation with them just so that they can argue with you and waste your time. And 99% of the people who, like, you know, respond from an emotional place are not looking for their view to be changed. They just want to show you how they're right. So in order to have a, like, reasonable, fair conversation with someone, you have to be able to hold, like, their perspective and your perspective and then see where maybe you guys can agree. But most people are not interested in that. They're just interested in being right. Oh, especially that's hard, if not impossible, to do it on social media you yeah know, it's not face to face and all of that yeah and it also ties into you know universal law of free will you cannot give and it's if it's not asked for you yeah cannot, it's, it's an infringement of free will because what do we know again that the bigger picture comes in the soul lesson of another person the collective lesson there's so much happening again on multiple dimensional levels and it becomes very paradoxical i said before what's happening right now couldn't be any other way. It needs to happen. Yeah, no right? one likes being given without being asked for. Like if you're like, if if I go to the grocery store and some guy's like trying to do shadow work with me, you know what I mean? Like there's like the right time, the right place. And like, I think that that, that, that triggers anyone is when you offer people mirrors when they didn't even ask you for exactly, one. But that ironically, that's exactly what the government, the draconian government's, Regulations, especially, I have to say again, coming from from the Democrat side, is doing on the people. They're mm -hmm. imposing, infringing on our freedom, mm -hmm. right? And it's un unconstitutional. You know, it's so weird. Even politics, like on a federal level and state level, and that even Democrat governors are being uh, sued 
for violating the constitution and all of that. Yeah. So <clears throat> it is about now again going back to the warrior archetype. You know, it is about to standing up for what's right, meaning following your conscience, mm-hmm. right? And you can only follow your conscience. Easier said than done. I we uh, most people are maybe not even con- connected to conscience. Yeah. Because it's it's layered with armor and layers of just conditioning, wounding, trauma, and, and all of that. They cannot make, they don't even know what's true, what's right and wrong. In yeah. That sense. And also um, in order to deal with your conscience, you have to often deal with um, toxic shame and guilt. So if you mm. always are carrying toxic shame and guilt, if anyone gives you feedback or a mirror, it's going to tag on this belief that like, oh, I'm not good enough and you're not going to be open to anything. So you need to be able to act, like deal with your toxic guilt before you can access like healthy guilt, you know, Yeah. because healthy guilt is completely related to conscience. It's like, you know, if I say something short with you and it was totally uncalled for, you know, if I've experienced healthy guilt, that's what's going to compel me to be like, hey, I'm sorry for saying that, you know. But we first need to be, have a healthy relationship with guilt to begin with. And most of us are living with an undercurrent of like guilt and shame. So that needs to be addressed first. At least that's just my own experience as well. It's like I couldn't take any feedback because I carry this underlying belief that I'm a bad, terrible person. So this is also where our self-work comes in. Yeah. And on that note as well, I want to you know address again the warrior archetype and need for spiritual activists and standing up and not falling into like there's a lot of distortions around spirituality, even distortion of Eastern spirituality, pop spiritual, new age stuff that you just need to sit back and uh, just focus on the positive, no, don't engage, stay neutral, and all of that. But it's a gross distortion actually. In my last podcast with Neelish, when we dove deep into Sri Aurobindo's work. We talked about in the second hour, even Sri Aurobindo mentioned this distortion of, uh, you know, um, uh, of spirituality that then leaves open people open or vulnerable to the hostile forces to invade. You know, there was even the trap of the aesthetics. That's why India was invaded so easily by the English, uh, um, you know, colonists and whatnot, because they didn't resist and all of these kind of things. And even... Very interesting, Sri Aurobindo was highly critical of Gandhi, which that's a whole other topic on its own, but Gandhi is not who most people think he is uh, based on, you know, Hollywood, his movie and whatnot, and his nonviolence distortion and distortion of pacifism and all of that, or turn the other cheek and all these things, because even from a spiritual perspective, that get where it gets very paradoxical. There's the divine force and the anti-divine forces and the anti-divine forces need to be destroyed right? There needs to be, there's there's a battle going on versus dark and light. And then some people say, well, don't feed into the dual duality aspect and all of that. And ironically, there's some truth to it, but it becomes paradoxical because ultimately everything is one and the divine, but they are the anti-divine forces who revolved against the light. So there's a deeper spiritual lesson for us on an individual level and as well on a collective level, right? So, uh, and that's what we're going through right now. And I want to really quote, um, the mother from the collected works of Sri Aurobindo and the mother. And that's really what's happening right now. Um, There's always a spiritual test before being able to attain the next stage of power. Each time you have to make progress, you have to undergo an examination. When divine manifestation, when divine manifestations take place, they have also to pass through great difficulties and sufferings as a result of oppositions of dark and anti-divine forces which had a hold upon earth since the creation. 
These dark powers always oppose the new lights because they do not want to give up their grip on the earth, and sometimes their hostility even takes the form of war on earth. But in spite of all obvious obstructions, the divine will succeeds at last. And that's really what we're going, it's happening right now, despite all the darkness, the crackdown, the new socialist new world order and what's all possibly leading to, there's a bigger transformation. There's a light trying to anchor itself. There's an awakening happening. People are awakening up. People start to question on a level. You don't see it on the mainstream. They try to best to hide, you know, to deflect from all of that. But there's a bigger process happening. And maybe we can look at it at that now also, especially from from an astrological perspective, from a, a perspective of evolutionary astrology and the Pluto transits that are occurring right now on a collective level. But actually, let's get into this, into this second hour, because that's that's a huge topic, which also ties into the current um, political climate in the U.S. and the Pluto return of of the U.S. So um, let's go back to the, you know, in, with regards to the warrior archetype, the importance of embodying the warrior attitudes, right? And the concept of being anti-fragile. And then again, I think, yeah, we may have touched upon this in the previous podcast, but it's a really important uh, concept in this day and age. And it's, it's again, it's uh, based on a book. By Nassim Taleb called Anti-Fragile. He also wrote about um, black swan events, which are like events that basically come out of, quote unquote, nowhere and change the impact of society forever. Like even Google was a black swan, you know. Although Nassim Taleb, I think we talked about this in another podcast, he actually doesn't think that this was a black swan event because it could have been prevented, prevented and it could have been predicted. But um, so basically what he says, um, so there's fragile, there's robust, which is also considered resilient. And then there's anti-fragile. And here's a quote he has about that. Some things benefit from shocks. They thrive and grow when exposed to volatility, randomness, disorder, and stressors, and, lo and love adventure, risk, and uncertainty. Yet, in spite of the ubiquity of the phenomenon, there is no word for the exact opposite of fragile. Let us call it anti-fragile. Anti-fragility is beyond resilience or robustness. The resilient resists shocks and stays the same. The anti-fragile gets better. So basically... Um, the fragile is kind of like the left. You can't say, <laughs> you can't, you're not allowed to say certain things. They get really triggered and it's like, you offended. have to be very off offended is a huge thing, you know, and fragile people don't usually do well with like my sense of humor because it can be like pretty like dark and kind of like just making jokes about things you're like not supposed to make jokes about and spirituality so supposed to be serious all the time. So he makes this analogy. Um, fragile is just something that just like breaks really easily, breaks down, you know. So um, a lot of businesses right now were actually operating and they're pretty fragile. That's why they didn't, weren't able to survive. And so what he talks about is robust or resilient are people who are able to handle shocks. He equates it to being like the um, phoenix. So the phoenix burns, it dissolves completely, and then it rises from the ash and get, ashes and gets reborn. And the anti-fragile is more like the mythical creature of the hydra. And the hydra, if you cut off one of its head, it grows back two more. So we can use these kind of crazy times to become even smarter and better and stronger and more spiritually re resilient than ever before. 
And this is also something that's directly related to Pluto. Like people, Plutonian people are very anti-fragile because they've been through some shit, you know? So I know for myself, like I have a, I have some pretty intense Pluto aspects to my chart. Like I've had to go, I've learned through going through these Pluto aspects that if I don't take the clue, then it's going to get even harder and harsher. So you have to learn when given the opportunity and be ahead of the game and being able to adjust, adapt, and use even the worst possible circumstance that could happen to you in your life to become more spiritually and emotionally and even physically and, you know, strong, basically. It ties basically in the saying, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Right? Because it can easily, like, you know, we mentioned before, you get, you have to speak out against the government's draconian laws and fight, but also careful not to get into the victim state. Yes, there's a lot of injustice being done, but there's opportunity within that. And I remember Robert Kuazaki mentioned that, um, I watched an interview, we watched an interview with him at, on the Brian Rose's uh, London Reel. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's 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 the the age of the victim is over. Yeah, we need to watch out, not fall into victim mode as well, right? The mm-hmm. victim blame mode and all of that. And it's again, it's paradoxical, but you know, see what you know. How can I rise out of this? How can I make myself better? Not even personality development, but the spiritual aspect, the emotional aspect, also mm-hmm. professional aspect, because on a bigger collective level what Robert Kuizaki also mentioned it's it's the end of the industrial age right yeah. and the dawn of the new age the age of Aquarius information age so you know there's a bigger process at work here that has its purpose yeah right so it's it looks like a lot of destruction and the old needs to die to be destroyed for the new to emerge it's this death rebirth process we are in mm-hmm. and you know anti-fragile People like will you know rise to the new occasion, so to speak, and see it also seeing uh, seeing it as an opportunity. Yeah, you know, not just monetary monetary wise or whatever, um, or business wise, but also from a new emotional level, emotional level of consciousness, yeah. right, to embody and to carry through. And many of us, like you mentioned, we have done you know the work we've been involved speaking out about or writing about our own inner personal process, and many of you can relate to that who had that splinter in the mind as Neo, right? Being aware of the matrix, who have done our self-work, who have done already deep work, we are maybe not that affected, traumatized by many regular people who are literally, like you just mentioned, in shock. shock. But sometimes it's, again, some sort of a paradox, a shock is necessary for evolution to occur. Mm -hmm. Gurdjieff talked about the necessity for shocks to Mm -hmm. snap you out of sleep, out of unconscious. And Pluto Pluto will give you shocks in many circumstances, especially the more unconscious you live your life, it will shock you. And it can be more traumatizing if you're not able to just feel the feelings, emotion, what needs to come up. That's that's what trauma gets installed, right? If you just try to avoid it, what needs to to be broken, broken down in the rebirth process. Yeah. And you know, like I just know for my own like ancestry, I guess you could say like my grandmother, she was, uh, I think she was like, she was definitely a Capricorn, but she got, I mean, she had a pretty crazy life, but she got put in an internment camp with like six kids. And then my grandfather was like an alcoholic who beat her and then left. And then he died one day and she had to raise like eight kids on like $50 a month, but she was anti-fragile And, you know, these and and she was anti-fragile in the sense that she didn't check out, you know, she was she she used these circumstances to basically become like unfuckable with, 
you know, not in like a tyrannical way, but just no like little upset could throw her off. Like she wouldn't, I mean, she were my age today, like getting triggered by like a Facebook comment and would be so beyond her, you know, and that's what anti-fragile is. And since we are in a war, um, we have to also learn how to be warriors as well. And not like, you know, there's this like, I think you and I can even fall in this trap sometimes. We're like always like wanting just, oh, we got to process this. And like, we're, tr- we're triggered. Like, let's go deep within. Yeah, it's really important to explore your feelings and process them in a mature and healthy way. But sometimes you just have to say, no, like, no, I don't want to be friends with that person. No, I don't want this person on my Facebook. These are the decisions you have to make, you know, because you're in a war. And if people, and if and if you have these weak points in your field, then you got you to gotta protect yourself, you know? Yeah. That that's a very important point because you know being a warrior doesn't mean like it's getting into this distorted, tough, masculine type manliness. It does it, have something to do with it, though. What I'm, what I'm just it, on some level, but what I'm saying is like not denying your emotions. It's it's like it's not black and white. Yeah. But what you just alluded to is very important. Like yeah, processing one, but not there's a necessity for big sensitivity and vulnerability, but that can also easily uh, fall into oversensitivity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And overly affect, letting you affect everything that you can move you and freeze and Especially, just emotionally, you know, uh, all over the place. So even Shiobindo talked about the certain sensitivity is necessary for the process, but an oversensitivity is also detrimental to it all. So and that's where the warrior archetype comes, this anti-fragile. And where also the concept of rejection, like, no, fuck this, I know I'm going to, put up with this, I'm going to move on. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, you know, I can just give a personal example. It is really overwhelming. I spend like lots of time just curled up in a blanket lately, but there's some moments where I'm like, no, you need to get up and you need to do something. And yeah. I really, it's like that saying goes like the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. That's going to be an element of this. It's not just be like, oh, just be compassionate and gentle on yourself. That's one aspect of it for sure, you know, but not falling into like this stagnant, dormant state as well and being like, no, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do things that I know need to be done and no excuses for me anymore. Because I noticed too, like as someone, like one of my biggest like Plutonian experiences was like, being addicted to like really severely damaging drugs, you know, and psychiatric ones by all all as well, which take forever to get out of your system. And there was a point when I quit everything and I had to rebuild myself like mind, body and spirit. And I was super strict with my diet. I was working five days a week and I was doing an hour of yoga, an hour of swimming and an hour of running like five days a week. And that's how hard I was like literally in a boot camp, you know, and then I, that I self-implemented by the way too. No one was, no one was telling me to do this. I was like, this is how hard I have to go. And so this is also this warrior archetype is also knowing when it's time to be like, this is time to get disciplined. Like, you're making excuses with your spiritual practice, you know, how much is that? It just, it just, cause you're avoiding the inevitable, you know? So it's a fine line of like, you know, being gentle on yourself and compassionate, but then also sometimes compassion looks a different way than how we think it looks. And sometimes it means like pulling yourself out of your slumber and being like, no, you're going to do this, whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? Exactly. So that's, that's very, 
that's you hit the nail on the head. And, and it's a fine line, and everybody is different in the context and the situation. We all talk about self compassion, like you mentioned, self love, but not using that as a spiritual bypass. Yeah. Right. It's also embodying in this day and age, we talk about the divine feminine, all fine and good, but the divine masculine, that's the, the warrior archetype. Yeah. Right. To stand up for yourself, for your family, to counteract the draconian regulations, what, what the, um, what's, what's happening right now to resist, to speak up, to stand up, that's to uh, resist the anti-divine forces. Yeah. And that's one part of it too, you know, the outer element, but the also inner element is being like completely honest where, where you're at and what's mm. going on in your life. You know, like some people I know for myself, like not every, like pretty much everyone probably has like a karmic issue that they keep trying to avoid facing. They just kind of like, ah, oh, like just leave it to the side, you know? And then with Pluto transits, they're going to throw them right into your face sometimes. Mm. So the thing is, is sometimes we actually need to like take stock of our lives. Like, you know, have you been battling with an addiction for the past five years? Have you been going over the same toxic relationships? Like you need this kind of like warrior energy to get you out of those things. Like that's literally like, no, no more. What's behind this? I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to work on it until it's done. And this is the kind of, this is the kind of uh, active, uh, active energy we need right now as well, because so much is changing. I'm sure a few people have lost their jobs, you know, like it's go time as well. And also there's a lot of businesses that are, but Manasim Talib, Talib, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, he says is that the anti-fragile businesses are actually what do best in these like kind of war times because they can't like during these crazy times, like he calls them wartime is that the people who are anti-fragile, like they're kind of like the grounded beacons in the midst like of wartime the, leaders. That's wartime, what we need, yeah. Right? He calls about wartime leaders and peacetime leaders, which is uh, another concept, but yeah. So we need to be able to like pull ourselves up and really be honest with our lives and take a clear look at ourselves. And like, you know, like if we're, <laughs> If we're struggling physically and our health is not doing so good, we need to be honest with ourselves, you know, and this is also not this like love and light, like, ah, oh, everything's perfect. Everything's fine. No, we need to also be like, if you're $10,000 in debt, you need to be honest with yourself. Like there's some things that you need to be like, you know, like yeah, this is and taking responsibility, taking responsibility. Exactly. And sometimes the compassion thing, yeah, we should be compassionate with ourselves and make sure that we're doing it. But this, but taking this kind of stand and really being able to be honest with ourselves is a really big act of compassion, I feel. Yeah. Now that also um, reminds me of, you know, from an esoteric perspective, all the esoteric teachings, especially Gurdjieff talked about it from also the basis of esoteric Christianity. I even heard Adyashanti talking about it as well as Sri Aurobindo, you know, how the ego mind, we also like to rationalize, you know, yeah, like we rationalize our defects, our blind spots. We don't see ourselves clear. And from the esoteric perspective, it's quote unquote almost easier to point out the lies in the world, especially right now. You're glued on the internet, all the information, conspiracy, that's what's happening. Da, da, da. But are you really facing the lies within yourself? Yeah. And that's key because from an esoteric perspective, lies to the self are the most harming. Your mm -hmm. self justifications. Yes. Right? So that's why even we, we get more into that in the second hour. We, we also want to talk about the Trump topic, the whole topic on Q, QAnon. I've done more research into that. Obamagate. Obamagate. And now people waiting for the big awakening, the draining of the swamp, taking down the cabal. That's all. Again, we go more into that in the second hour. It's not that black and white. 
But, you know, if you want to be, we all want the lies and the corruption to be exposed in the outer world, but it, you cannot separate that process from your own inner process. So you yeah. need to confront your own inner quote-unquote corruption that lies to the self. Exactly. What you've been avoiding to look at. And it's, we're not taking ourselves out of the equation. You know, it's not easy to take a really sober look into the mirror. And sometimes you cannot see yourself clearly as mm-hmm. well, right? Because mm-hmm. the ego mind easily um, likes to, you know, justify or deflect or fall into this false, you know, notion of self-compassion and just going yeah. along with it. Yeah, yeah. Right? And like, I mean, in our relationship, we have the benefit of we give each other mirrors, pointing out our blind spots, right? Yeah. That kind of mirror... Yeah, doesn't feel good to the ego, but there's truth to it. Exactly, right? exactly. So th- this is the time right now to all needs to be revealed. But if you get into warrior mode, you know, and you, then you start to appreciate things like that and you're like, okay, tell me what's, you know, tell me what I could work on. Like, let me know, be honest with me because there's also going to be a part of you that knows that it's true when you hear those mirrors. Exactly. And, uh, unless, you know, it triggers you, that yeah, ties into shadow work and all of that. It could trigger you, but you could also know it's true at the same if time, it triggers you. you know, exactly. If exactly. you apply shadow work, exactly. But you make a good point from the warrior perspective. Then even facing the lies, delusions in, within ourselves from the warrior perspective gives you a motivation. Exactly. Like uh, Don Juan, you know, you know, talks about uh, from Castaneda's t- teachings about the warrior. You know, the ordinary man sees everything just as good or bad. You know what I mean? Good for him or bad for him. While a warrior truly just sees everything just as a challenge and challenges are neither good or bad. They're just challenges Mm -hmm. to help, to grow, to embody the divine more and more, to never forget the aim of the complete self-realization in this this adventure of consciousness that we're in right now. Yeah, and I think we're also just going to touch a little bit on this concept of divine grace and divine intervention as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you touched on how this is a spiritual test collectively. And so what I posted about on Facebook, I feel that there's basically a spiritual awakening happening in America, as cliche as it sounds, but it's not going to look how we think it look. And what I actually see happening is the resurgence of true Christianity. And there's this true Christ consciousness that's anchoring itself into the United States, and these are going to be people who actually have like an ethical and moral compass who are being guided to quote unquote drain the swamp from that place, you know? So what we see happening, even astrologically, you see it happening, there's like a, literally a divine intervention happening into the US. Mm-hmm. And this is also, once again, like um, uniting spirit and matter. So we kind of have gone way too far down this left brain world where it's all about science and the mind and, you know, um, growth at all costs. And now we have like people like even quote unquote, like social justice warriors who say they're speaking for justice. They have no moral or ethical standpoint. It's just virtue signaling. So we need to basically kind of also collectively at least in the Americas is like bring spiritual, like true spirituality back, back here. And um, obviously a huge part of the land is indigenous. So this also is earth-based spirituality. It kind of has to be that, but this is also America is generally like a Christian 
a Christian country, you know? So you're going to start seeing divine intervention in the, in the form of true Christ consciousness. I think mm-hmm. that that's what's happening. And this is more, um, and this is what's waking up because a lot of people throughout Christianity, I mean, I'm not a Christian by the way, but a lot of people throughout Christianity with the bathwater because of all the corruption and the Catholic church and whatnot, but like throwing out whole religions with the bathwater is extremely dangerous. You know, what religion offers people is a set of values and a set of values grounded in spiritual and spirituality, which we're missing now these days. That's why you can develop these completely unethical forms of technology. Even this contact tracing thing, like this is devoid of more, like doesn't have any moral thing in it. Like they're literally just, they say, and they're going to take kids away from their family if they're tested positive for, for coronavirus because they have no value system behind it. So we, need to start uniting spirit and matter again. And I, what I see happening, the kind of divine intervention happening to the U S is going to be the resurgence of true, true Christians again. Yeah. And that also what you mentioned of these draconian laws and this tracing contracting and whatnot, this is the manifestation of the hostile forces devoid of, you know, the, 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 you know, the divine aspect, so to speak, the spiritual self, Right. Yeah, just a side note on that, just in case people don't know, they literally are advertising for jobs for people to work at camps, work children who have been taken away from their families because someone in the household tested positive for COVID and they're going to take children away and put them in camps away from their family because yeah. someone tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah. And also, by the way, you know, that maybe that sounds all fine and good to some people, but the tests are what actually aren't working. So you can test positive for coronavirus and be asymptomatic, or you can not even, you can test a false positive, like the, that, that African governor who basically got like a papaya to test positive. So this is really dangerous stuff. And this is also like the closest thing that it actually reminds me of is like literally when Canada and the U.S. put people into internment camps, but at least they put the whole family together. Together. In this case, they're going to be literally taking children away yeah. from their families. Yeah. So this is what I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out to this as an example is because if you had someone who had uh, a value around families having to stay together, you know, they wouldn't do these kinds of things. And so we need to actually, this is also a Taurus lesson, by the way, which I feel is also um, a huge influence now, but we have to be make if we're going to make new laws and new legislation, it has to be behind deeper spiritual values, and that's one thing America has been missing for a long time. And that's going to be exposed because everything that's what not in line with the divine um, descent that's happening, even from spiritual, uh, from Sri Aurobindo's perspective, integral yoga, the supramental consciousness that's anchoring itself, anything will be revealed, right? Everything, there's what the mother said, the divine will will succeed eventually. So it's a question how long it will take and if we have to go through another like cycle if we don't wake up, but nothing can stop what's coming. So with all what you just said, we, we're at the end of the first hour and we want to definitely get in way more depth into the second hour, yeah. particularly the spiritual awakening of the, also the Pluto return of the U.S., yeah. So in the second hour, we're really going to talk about, I'm going to go deeper about how the Pluto evolution affects our lives. So really kind of give people examples on like how, how that could play out and also talk about Trump is also a Uranian, meaning he has Uranus conjunct his son. He's a trickster and go in a little bit about his natal chart as well. Um, we're going to talk about um the whole QAnon thing. Um, yeah, can I say something with that? Re- yeah, because yeah, yeah. I just want to mention for the listeners who have 
Um, because I have to say, I've done a lot of research into the queue and on thinking queue drops ever since I had Tom Montag on the show. If, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's been already like maybe two months ago. I highly recommend to listen to it, especially the second hour, Tom's research into queue. And back then I was very skeptical, right, for various issues. But my view has changed after I've done my own research and into the raw data. And I have to say, a lot of my first uh, judgment was based on assumptions and my own bias. But there's more to it than than I actually thought, right? So we definitely want to talk more about the whole Q phenomenon, um, the Q drops, the data actually, Trump's role in it, all of that. And also tying that into what's been coming up lately, Obamagate seems to be like a sort of starting point. And even like what you looked even a bit into Obama's astrology. Uh, it's very fascinating to bring that in, uh, into the discussion as well. Yeah. And uh, but we tied in into the whole bigger process of the evolution of consciousness. So stay tuned to the second hour again. If you're not a member already, please go to veilofreality.com and sign up to the membership for the second hour. And this will also give you access to the membership forum where we have already been discussing these topics and depth. See you guys on the other side.